Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mind. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning and welcome to Talk Money. Talk Money is about insurance, investments, retirement, and estate planning. Talk Money is everything financial. Our guests bring their insights and perspectives about their topic of expertise. Today, would you believe we've been looking at the this week in the news, the House passed a budget you know, it's, you know, they passed it. They got it out of the way. 216 to 212 was the margin. Of course, as always, it's, uh, down, you know, it was divided down party lines. But it does give us a chance to see the stage kind of being set for a rewrite of the tax system. Now, here's the issue. Republicans are divided. Well, that's not going to be good. Those from high tax states seem to be opposed to the tax plan because, you know, the pros limit to the federal, you know, deduction of state and local taxes. Satisfying their demand, I think, will present a huge hurdle. But uh, there is optimism on this, you know, in round the belt because they think it will happen. So remember, keep your politics, as we always say, out of your investments. Here's something that I find extremely interesting, especially in light of what's been going on this year. It's from the National Centers of Environmental Information that U.S. has suffered 218 weather and climate disasters since 1980, in which the cost of damages exceeded Ready for this number? $1 billion. That's an average of nearly six separate billion-dollar or more disasters per year. I find that extremely amazing and something that I guess we need to be thinking about and realizing that we're still digging out of Houston, digging in and out of Florida, Puerto Rico, and all the fires that we see in California. Just keep praying for all those that have been affected by those disasters that we've had in 2017. Today's program, we've had several questions from you, our listeners, and we will address two of them today. Scott Jordan and Latrice McLean are here to discuss, ready, challenges facing women investors. According to the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, women now represent 53.2% of professionals in the American workforce. You may be surprised to find out what the challenges are. So you might want to stay with us and listen to these guys talk about that. In the second half, we're going to discuss the issues you face when you've just found out that you have a special needs child. Several questions have come in about that. You have questions, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. That's talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. This is Talk Money. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes Store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. 
We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs. It's what we do. You're listening to Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Secure and Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. Talk Money brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm, estate planning, elder law, and probate planning for all generations. We thank the Bailey Law Firm for being a sponsor of the program. Well, here's the question. I told you at the beginning, 53% of professionals in the American workforce, workforce, I said workforce earlier too, (laughs) workforce, what can I say, workforce, uh, that's, you know, those are uh, women. So now here's the point. Women face unique challenges managing their financial lives and planning for a secure future. And that's, you know, that makes financial literacy very, very important to them. So the question that really was posed to us, what are the problems that women face? How do we address them? Work us through that. So for those that are listening and have been asking those questions, I have as my guest today, Latrice McClinn and Scott Jordan, and they're going to really help us go through these challenges that face women as investors in the workplace. I know, Latrice, you do a lot of speaking today to a lot of women organizations. What do you see when you're talking to this? I mean, do you, are there women today just needing, I mean, I know you just recently attended, a, you know, and I, you don't have to say about it, but you, if whatever you want to do. But the point mm-hmm. is, it was really something that was an eye-opener for you. It was. Um, one thing that's very interesting is uh, usually you talk to women about financial options it's very confusing to them, so they just basically uh, don't want to deal with it, but they need to deal they with it. They just shut down and say, okay, I'm not going to involve myself with it. And Do they yeah. push it off? Is that what you're saying? Well, if they're in a relationship, uh, they have a spouse. Uh, usually it's that spouse uh, that's carrying that load of being responsible for um, for the financial needs for the family. Okay, so for what you're saying is you you've traveled throughout the city and the mid south talking to people. Mm-hmm. Latrice is a former coach, and uh, I mean, you, Latrice, you see a lot of people like this where you're working with people that go through that process where they have pushed off maybe that responsibility mm-hmm. to that spouse. Scott, when you deal with it now, one of the problems that you face is setting in an environment where you're talking to a couple. Mm-hmm. And it comes across that you're not talking to both parties. Yeah, you know, it's 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 always important, and we stress this, to make sure that both parties are involved and they at least somewhat understand what's going on in the financial situation. Do you find that that's a problem? I mean, when you said involved. It, it, it can be. Uh, sometimes it's a personality thing. You have a domineering personality that kind of takes control. Sometimes it's, uh, I don't really care about all this kind of thing. Somebody else is doing this, but... I mean, you know, we always kind of very much strongly encourage both spouses to be there and both to be involved and make sure we're engaging both of them. Well, women do face unique challenges, and I think the listener that uh, wanted to bring this question to our attention really wanted us to talk about some of the, I think, 
basic fundamental problems. And the first and foremost, we might as well put it on the table, longevity. Women outlive men two, three, four years. We had two widows in yesterday, Scott, that you were working with. Patrice, I know you would do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So longevity, on average, women outlive men. Give us some statistics that will help us put through that, Scott. Well, you know, currently in the United States, 57% of the people over age 65 are women. And then by the time you get to age 85, that goes up to 65%. 65%. And that just kind of echoes what you're saying. Women typically outlive men. Um, Now, you you mentioned that uh, mortality was a couple of years for men. But uh, Wade Fowle has a recent book, and he has an interesting statistic. You know, mortality is very correlated with education and income. Mm -hmm. So higher income earners and and higher education levels tend to correlate with longer life expectancy. So Mm -hmm. when you look at uh, the society of actuary tables versus the Social Security actuarial tables, there's a, a 29% chance of a woman making it to age 95, and there's a 10% chance of her making it to age 100. My and wife that will keeps do that. increasing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. My wife will do that. <laughs> wow. No problem. Yep. She's healthy as a rock, you know, and just doing great. So I understand that. You know, I guess we don't think about that, but if you just, all you have to do to have this to wake up, you know, and this is kind of the, where we were headed with this, you just go to a nursing home today. Yes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the population of a nursing home is, I don't know the statistic, and I'm going to be careful that I don't just throw a number out, but the majority, like say it that way, the majority of people in nursing homes are ladies, females. And when my mother was in a nursing home, I was so shocked to see that that was just basically the way it was. And now men are living a little longer, but reality is women outlive men all day long. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this, Latrice, from a standpoint of uh, losing a spouse. And this can be extremely uh, devastating, obviously. It can be uh, difficult. It can be for the children. All of a sudden, you're sitting down and that husband has passed away, and she is now having to make the decisions. Let me let me set this up for you. I was in a meeting in Indiana this past week and with one of our advisors in our, in our in Evansville, Newburgh office. And as I was talking to him, and, and, you know, we went through a whole process, met, met a lot of clients, and we were doing just some things. A lady comes up to me at the end, and uh, she's an elderly lady, and she, she's in tears. And uh, she's, I mean, talking to me and weeping, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, what did we do? And she says, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate in this particular case. She's talking about Cleo Holder. And she said, I trust him totally. I'm a widow. I have nobody to help me. And he, I trust him totally and completely. And she was thanking me for being there to tell her a little bit more about the firm. But just to add that fact that Cleo, what she was saying was, he is my trusted advisor, and she needed that. That was so critical from that standpoint. So when a widow faces those decisions, help us that with that, Latrice. What are some of the things you share with them? Well, just think about it. You just lost your spouse, your friend that you have been married to for so many years. Right. And uh, your finances are important because that's your way of living. So for so many years, this has been, say, his responsibility. So now, because your finances are your way of living, can you imagine just that feeling of, okay, what do I do? Something as small as, okay, the bank account. How does this work? How does this get paid? Which, I mean, we know how things get get paid, but just little things like that, are even more difficult for them to worry about. And then we were talking about earlier, just the the widow being vulnerable 
and in making sure she doesn't come in contact with the wrong people who don't mean well by her. You know, Fidelity did a study and talked about 72% of women that literally are widows find themselves extremely, it's very difficult. They're not comfortable in making those financial decisions. And that's what you're saying. If they're not comfortable, that's what this lady was saying to me. I trust him. I'm not comfortable to make this decision of financial. I trust him. And you're saying, what if they don't have that person that yeah. they can trust? Oh, yeah. And then you have to think about, too, okay, is is this much money that we have, is this going to last me uh, for my whole entire lifetime? So little things like that just build up and, and build stress for these women that they've mm. never had to deal with. So what we're talking about, my guest is Latrice McLean and Scott Jordan. We're talking about challenges uh, that face women investors. And really, it's not just investment. It's just financial life. I mean, really, yeah. one of the statistics that Fidelity talked about, Scott, was literally over 53% of the women that are not confident even to talk with a financial professional. That's you. You know, that's a one out of two say, I'm just not comfortable talking about that. So listen to me, guys. You know, if you happen to be married, fortunate enough for a long period of time, take the time to sit down with your wife and bring her into your financial advisor that you may have had a long relationship with, but you haven't included her. Or if you've included her, she's been set on the sidelines. You're making all the decisions. Make sure you're spending some energy effort, intentionality to connect. One out of two ladies are not willing or not comfortable. Scott, we've seen that, haven't we? Absolutely. And that can make them extremely vulnerable because this is a very emotional time. They've Absolutely. lost their spouse and now they're making important financial decisions that are going to affect the rest of their life during this emotionally difficult time. And they, they usually need a financial professional to help guide them through those important decisions. And And knowing that you know, we we've had people to come in and say, "Look, I want I want you to I want you to spend some time with my spouse, my wife. I want you to connect with her. I want her to feel comfortable." We tell people all the time, "Hey, you don't really you're not our client. Right. There's our client. Absolutely, the client Absolutely. is the lady who's going to end up because you're going to be gone. Right. And so managing this is on your on their behalf. And we I'm thinking right now in the office of how many ladies that we are managing today that we knew the spouse. And I guess that makes them comfortable because we were connected when yeah. everybody was at the table. And they, they've gotten to know us over the years through coming to meetings and, and become comfortable where they can be more comfortable discussing those issues with us. Latrice, yeah. when you when you talk to someone, do, does this come across to you as being one of the biggest impediments to, from, for a person to coming in to working is they just don't they don't know how to build that trust they don't know where to start. They're so uncomfortable. What are your thoughts? You're exactly right. They do not know where to start. A lot of times some people that are around them do not even see a financial professional, as they should. Um, but you're right, the comfort level and then just building that trust, and especially if it's someone that they do not know naturally, but it's someone, hey, I want to introduce you to this financial professional. Um, that's very difficult. Uh, especially with females. That's a great point. That's a great point. Guys, let's uh, let's take another page here and move to something else because the reality is we. I see this. I see what you're talking about. But there is also a challenge for a woman, in, woman investor who's looking at when she's going through all the problems that she's working through, the most prominent one being she's making a smaller paycheck Absolutely. in a lot of cases. And she's also having to have time out. I mean, she's the caregiver a lot of times. 
if she's in the workforce for children Mm -hmm. or even for the spouse or even her parents. And in some cases, if she happens to be the daughter-in-law and there's nobody else, she could literally become the caregiver for his parents. So time out of the workforce, that's a problem. It's a huge problem. Um, you know, that, that just leads to lower expected earnings throughout the lifetime. It's already challenging for everyone to save for retirement and put money back. Now you figure there's less money to work with there. So it's more important that they become more educated on how to build wealth and what strategies to employ to help overcome that fact that they do have a smaller paycheck. You know, we have a, a division in the firm called Financial Literacy that we try to teach. And, and I know Maybe it just hit me that you just said this. Maybe, Latrice, we need to spend the energy and the effort. to. And I know you've done this. You just recently put something like this together where you were teaching for women only. And, uh, you know, I, I think if, help me with this, I think if we were talking and we put a lot of women in the room and then we put some men in there, I think the dynamic changes. You and I talked about that yesterday. Yeah, and, and one thing that's, that's really interesting uh I'll say statistically speaking, since I'm in the room with other men. Um, and, and She was crazy. <laughs> I, I prefaced it, okay? <laughs> so, All right. w- women are more powerful, and I don't mean like just strength powerful. They're more powerful than they think. Um, statistically speaking, women have excelled in comparison uh, with men in the labor force, in professional positions, and get in their college education. So women oh. are smarter than they oh, actually yeah, yeah. I don't disagree with that. No, <laughs> no, no, no argument no here. No argument here. I mean, really, I mean, uh, you know, I've watched that in my lifetime, how that, that mindset. There was, an, there was something I was watching the other day, and I don't remember where it was, but it was talking about, and Latrice, you're an athlete, and they were talking about how just women athletics, mm-hmm. you know, from that, the athlete there has changed from being somewhat a sex symbol and mm-hmm. being recognized for her looks or whatever to really being recognized for her sport. Yeah. And that is amazing that we're seeing that. So that's important for that transition to be taking place. Yeah. And, and then to think about the group of ladies that I spoke to a couple of weeks ago, these were very uh, highly educated, um, uh, very um, um, in their fields. They've done a great job. And they're very confident in what they do. So they're some of the women that are uh, now trying to take more of a forefront in the financial, not control, but being involved in the finances uh, with their spouse and with their families. And they should be. Mm -hmm. I mean, because as they're moving through this process of becoming, as you say, they're more educated, they're, they're doing a great job as professionals. And mm-hmm. literally, the, this, this mindset of the old guy, let's take my generation who literally would not, I'm being honest, okay, my generation who would have said, okay, don't worry, I'll take care of it. There is this mindset of the millennial generation, or, or even just, maybe even not just, maybe the Gen Xers, that they're saying, wait a second, it's a, it's a better, now my wife and I've always said it was a partnership. Yes. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't a 50-50, by the way. It was a 90-10. She had 90, I had 10. <laughs> Bottom line, that's the way it worked. But the reality is, the, the thought was, you know, that my generation was, I will make the decisions, and this is what we're doing. Now mm-hmm. it's, how do we want to do this together? Because in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. the, they're equal incomes, or maybe yep. the, the yep. wife may be making more, uh, more income. Yeah. So all that's a part of this process of helping women to be, be better mm-hmm. at their finances. So I appreciate the fact that you're teaching too. Yeah. And then to think about the women in the workforce, more women are in the work, workforce, which you say 53%. Mm-hmm. And so you have the husband and the wife who are working and you have children and the children are involved in these extracurricular activities. So both 
husband and wife have to be involved in everything, every dynamic with that family. That's a, I have no question about it. If you just tuned in, I am talking with Latrice McClinn and Scott Jordan, and we're talking about literally one of the biggest questions we get, and this question came out, what are the challenges facing women investors? We've talked about living longer than a man, and that's that's a statistic that we can look at and see. And a second one, of course, is knowing how to manage financial affairs, and finding out that one out of two women that become a widow are not comfortable talking with someone, a professional, about their finances. That's a big issue. We're trying to overcome that at Shoemaker Financial. And it's it's one of those things that we feel like that we need to spend more time and energy. Latrice is doing that. And then a lower expected earnings. And then just literally, we know women are Better, smarter. Better be careful with that. I don't want to go too far with this. But the reality is they are more capable and they we need to embrace that and help and teach. And that's what you said, Scott, education. Scott Jordan and Latrice McClinn, my guest, we come back. We're going to talk about the fact that women are more conservative investors. Now, you think? I mean, I wonder why. But women are more conservative investors. Stay with us. We'll be back. You're listening to Talk Money. question you'd like answered on the program email talk money at shoemakerfinancial.com we'll be right back with more talk money after this financial advisors do not provide specific tax and or legal advice and this information should not be considered as such you should always consult your tax and or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and or legal situation and now here's your host jim shoemaker and welcome back. My guests, Latrice McClinn and Scott Jordan. We are talking about challenges, and this is really critical. It's a question that we receive, but it's challenges facing women investors. And we've covered everything from longevity to not trusting and just, just, just having a fear and how to overcome that. And if you're interested in having Latrice McClinn come and speak to your group about finances, and it, for women only, and where it's an open dialogue, she's teaching and she's going through that process of helping people understand, releasing some of that fear, getting rid of some of that fear. Give her a call at 757-5757. That's Latrice McLean. Now, Scott, let me go to you first, because literally the reality is women may be, and we usually find that to be true, more conservative as investors. Absolutely. Uh, matter of fact, Investor News recently did a study that confirmed that, that women do tend to be more conservative investors, even to the point of not wanting to invest in the market at all. But that's not all bad, because there's a also in that study, they point out that although women are, tend to take less risk, they also don't churn their portfolio as much, which could lead to outperformance over long periods of time. And we actually see that with yeah, women investors so, a lot. Yeah, so. that's, good. that's good. That's a good point because what you're saying is if they know what they're doing yes. and they're building a portfolio, they don't have a tendency to get caught up. In Try to way. outsmart the market and, and, and make moves that tend to hurt the portfolio long term. So sticking with the plan is more of a trait. But it, it's important to point out that Although being conservative can be good, being overly conservative can cause, you know, underperformance, not reaching goals, not outpacing inflation. So 
being educated on how to invest and take enough risk to hit those goals is important. So That's a good point. Latrice, when you're talking with ladies, let me ask you this. I know as, as you're speaking to people and, and you're, you know, you're talking to professionals, you're, you're talking to moms and, you know, what I call soccer moms, you're talking to a lot of people. Okay. Now you're out in the public and you're doing this and, and, and as you go, what do you sense from that person as a conservative investor? Do you, is, would you say that this investor news article is correct or, or what's your thoughts? Totally. Um, something Scott said that's very important with women is educating them. Educate me so I'll know and I'll understand what's going on. How does this work? Because that's going to help the women make good decisions and give you a yes or no with just any any kind of recommendation or anything that you say to them. So the educational part is usually, other than trust, one of the biggest uh, parts of it with working with women. But don't you think when you say that education builds trust? I mean, yes. the more you spend the time and the energy to educate, mm-hmm. to inform, yes, to inform, to to help understand. Mm-hmm. That does build the trust. It does. And and as we all know, women, we love to talk and we're great listeners. And that's just very important in building that trust, educating them and uh, keeping that relationship going. No, oh, that's that's a great point. Um, next question, though, guys, and this is a biggie. Latrice, I'll go with you on this one. I know we see this where you've got the divorce. They come in. They come into the the office. Um we're talk- I mean, I'm thinking of one of my biggest, best clients, been with me 20-some-odd years, um, terrible divorce. And, I mean, she was bitter. Uh, she had all the rights to be bitter. Um, she did a good job with the divorce, and, and we got it, walked her through some things and helped her. And, and she survived. she's now remarried and just recently remarried. Now, she's been divorced 20 years and just recently remarried. And, Scott, you know who I'm talking yeah, about. absolutely. And the reality <laughs> is, but because of the way we work with her and walked through with that and spent an enormous amount of time at that very beginning, it helped her gain that trust, that education, that being informed that you're talking about. But, but Latrice, I mean, really, what happens to a lady when they're divorced? What goes on? Well— it, what you have to to do with them, because first of all, it's a fragile time in their life. It's like, you know, a widow. She just lost her husband. That's a fragile time in their life. And they are appreciating you taking the time, going at their pace a lot of times to work with them. Um, You have the divorcees who kind of like the widows uh, where their husband dealt with the finances. And so that's where the issue comes from with the discrepancy of, uh, of a finance with those wives. You know, one of the statistics that I think is so brutal is ladies usually find that they'll have a 70, basically women, women experience a 73% reduction in their standard of living versus men reduction of 42%. That seems disproportionate and not fair. You're right. It it does, but it, it happens, Jim. And uh, a lot of wives, uh, sometimes you have these wives who are transitioners. Okay, I was caregiver for the family. Now I have to go in the workforce. And, of course, the pay is not going to be like it was when you had a, a couple, two incomes possibly, and now it's down to just one income coming into the household. And they're left to raise the children alone a lot yeah. of times. Absolutely. You know, the husband takes off and does his thing. Those are tough times. So, um. What happens, Scott? What do you see? Well, you just mentioned that oftentimes the, the, the woman is left to raise the children, and now you've taken, you know, even if it was a one-income family versus two, now you have two households to support. 
Mm-hmm. So there, there's the woman is now responsible for raising the children, saving for retirement, thinking about the future. All these things kind of hint them, and like Latrice said, at a very emotional time. So it's a difficult time to be making these important decisions. And now they're left, you know, kind of to their own devices without professional guidance. Uh, this, I think, is where the question came from. What does a divorcee do? I mean, I, I know, I know, and we kind of prepared for this a little bit. The thought is, you know, they become solely responsible for earnings, savings, and retirement. Now, Latrice, I know you say this to them. Start, you got to sit down and do some planning. And so how do you walk them through that process? I mean, they're vulnerable, and yet I know you want them to at least start somewhere. Not mm-hmm. they don't have to jump to a great big expensive because we're not doing talking about. We're talking about helping someone who is at a very tough time in their life to do some planning. Well, if it's someone that you're introduced to, of course it starts with just building that trust. Of course, the person they introduced um, uh, uh, you to, they know you, but the, the new, divorcee does not right. know you. So you have to build that trust and you have to look at the overall everything with their finances because one part of their financial life can affect another part. So that's going to take a little bit of time to just look at everything because like Scott says, now they're thinking about retirement. You have the children, just everyday living. That's a lot of stuff. It's a lot, it's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. I think it's, yeah. I think it's important. When she Jim. says a lot of stuff. That's I'm going. Stuff. Oh my goodness! It's like it's like you having to drink from a fire hydrant. Absolutely, I mean, it's a huge amount. It's Niagara Falls coming down on you all at one time. You know, and I think when we first meet someone, it's like you know, let's take a deep breath, let's relax, let's get organized, and, and think about everything before we start making decisions. Well, let me do this. We're going to take a break in about uh, forty seconds, and what we've got to do is we'll we'll go to that. But I'm going to. Tell you, say this to you. One number one you need to do is take control of your financial future. Sit down and have a conversation with your spouse and your family. Get involved. If you're not already involved, call Latrice. Get involved. Get started doing something. Educate yourself about wealth management, about financial strategies, about investments, whatever you're doing. And then spend some time with a trusted professional, someone you can build some rapport with, and just work your plan because don't just wait till all of a sudden there is a catastrophe. Start now. Be intentional about it. That's our number one advice for you today. Don't just wait, but take control of your financial future. You're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. My guest, Latrice McClendon, Scott Jordan. When we come back, big subject, big subject. What happens when you find that you need a something of a plan because you've been told you're going to have a special needs job? You don't want to miss that. When we come back, you're listening to Talk Money. of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. The last decade of the 19th century saw a wave of incorporations of towns within Shelby County, such as Madison Heights, Binghampton, and Idlewild. Memphis City officials saw this as a major public health issue, the horrific yellow fever epidemic in 1878 still being fresh on their minds. To prevent the recurrence of an epidemic, the city worked hard to improve garbage collection, install modern restrooms, replace wood with gravel in the roadways, and most importantly, build a modern sewer system. 
These changes were neither fast nor cheap, and many Memphians were very anxious over the thought of smaller towns being near Memphis that could not afford a proper level of sanitation control. After much political wrangling between the city and state legislature, an annexation measure was passed, making these communities part of the city of Memphis. The annexation put to rest the concerns over public health felt by those who had gone through the horror of the yellow fever epidemic 10 years earlier and doubled the size of the city. This has been another Mid-South History Moment brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. You're listening to Talk Money. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time. It is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now, here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, all of a sudden, you find yourself falling in love. You get married. I mean, it's the love of your life. You've purchased a home. All your careers are taking off, and you find out that you're going to have a baby. I mean, you're excited. Everything everything you've ever dreamed for is working out just perfect. You're expecting this child. It's your first child. You're, you're getting the baby bed done. You're getting the, the nursery done. You're doing all those things that everybody does and then find out whether it's a prenatal visit or it's at birth that this child has a special need. Whenever you first hear your child's diagnosis, it's a devastating thing. In that instant, your world changes. Well, we're going to try to walk us through some things that we need to help you understand that if you are fortunate enough to be called upon to have a special needs child, there's some things you need to work on, you need to be thinking about. And there's some points to consider in understanding how you go through this process. And my guest, Scott Jordan and Latrice McClinn, we're going to go through some of these things. You need to just pay attention you may know someone, you may be someone that has the uh, caregiver for a special needs child, you may know someone that does that. If you do, get them on the phone, tell them they need to listen to this program. Scott, first and foremost, financial and legal concerns. I mean, I know there's some biggies there. What do we start with? Absolutely. I think number one is to name a guardian. Um, you know, in the in the instance that, you know, you you and your spouse, you know, unfortunately die, Who's going to take care of that special needs child? And there's a lot of consideration needs to go into that. When you consider the amount of time it may take in caring for a special needs child, now you've got to appoint somebody who's going to have to take over those responsibilities. So a lot of thought and care needs to be given to that, whether it's a close friend or a family member. A lot of re- lot of thought needs to go into that. So that's a, now I know we, we kind of assume, I guess, for all of our listeners, we kind of assume that what you've done is you understand the diagnosis, you've gathered all the information, you know all of that. We we're not trying to skip that. We're just trying to move immediately into those financial and legal concerns. So Scott, you're saying, I mean, this is a tough decision, very tough, decision. and you've got to have that. And a lot of times, you know, a young couple says, "Okay, mom and dad, would would you?" And mom and dad may go, oh, my goodness, they right. can't do it. They, they don't have the physical ability. Right, right. So we're talking about making sure that you've done that. You you, you may have to quit work. And that's a financial You may thing. have to quit work. I mean, that's a, that's a great point you bring up. So it's not only the time of caring for this person, but financial resources. There's a lot of expenses that go along with caring for a special needs child. 
and now you're naming a guardian to take over that responsibility, there's some financial obligation going to be involved there. And, you know, how, how are you going to plan for that? So a lot of thought needs to go into that. And I think that's probably one of the most important first steps. I mean, we say that for anybody with children, yes, naming a guardian, right? Right. Special needs. Now it's even that much more important. So let's, let's picture this with a, with a, with a couple that's all of a sudden found out that this is a part of their life. They come into our office, a professional's office, and they sit down and they say, we've got this issue. How do we go about it? Our objective here is to guide them through the process of what Absolutely. all the things, because we've been through it. They have not been through right. it. And they're, they're going to be a community that comes around them. Right. There's always that. And, and you know, if that child has whatever that child's special need is, that community is, they're not, they're not going to be totally unique. There's others that sure. have that similar. So they're going to come around. There's a family, there's a village, but, but we're there to guide them financially and to get them started in the direction to take care of that child. Absolutely. And, you know, with, it, with any couple, it's, it's getting organized and thinking about the future and, and what's going to need to be done. That's that's critical. Latrice, when we talk about that, Scott said a guardian, and that is such an important. But what about a trustee? What about naming the person that's going to, in case, in case mom and dad, something happens to them? Oh, something Scott said is when picking that guardian, you have to put some thought into it. And you can't just pick someone just randomly, okay, I know my sister would do this. I know my brother would do this. Be thoughtful in that because that person that you choose um, uh, to help take care of your your child, uh, if you were to pass away prematurely, they have to understand the situation of the child. Mm. And, of course, that's a very uh, unique situation. Uh, You're not raising a typical child. And so it's a a lot of thought you have to think about. um, It's not a quick decision, is it? No. No, not at all. It's it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time with you and your spouse talking about it uh, because, say, one spouse passes away. Okay, you still have one spouse that's alive to take care of the child. Both spouses pass away. You have to think about that, too. That's all. You know, you're talking about some very serious. What about, I've heard this, Scott, writing a letter of intent. That is a oh, powerful. I think that's extremely important. Talk about that. I mean, what we've, are... we've had, you know, people that own business, a lot of different people write a letter of intent. And this is not to be confused with a legal document. This is more like a set of instructions. So including things in there like, you know, the routine of the child, medical professionals that may need to be contacted, the child's likes and dislikes, you know, what 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 order the medications need to be given during the day. The instructions that you would leave somebody that would be caring for your child, I think that's extremely important. Again, not a legal document, but it does give, you know, the courts and others, you know, guidance on what your wishes would be. I mean, be you're really talking time. about cell phone numbers. I mean, every, all the little Absolutely. stuff that we kind of say, oh, don't you know? Well, no. Yeah. Take the time to write this letter of intent, which is saying, I'm going to give you every piece of information that you need. Yeah, I think, I think for us. the caregiver, it's just thinking about that daily routine and right. what they have to do for that child and making sure you're leaving Instructions of somebody else that would have to take over that. So important if you just tuned in. We're talking about the needs. Uh, what happens when you face yourself, finding yourself the problems, you might say, of a special needs situation? And that's a question that someone asks us. And so we're trying to address it today, a little kind of uh, not normally in our in our thought process. We were headed in another direction. But because of this question, we're trying to give you some specific answers. We've talked about a guardian, naming the guardian, and that sounds so simple and so easy to do. 
and yet it takes an enormous amount of thought and prayer and and walking through it and then naming a trustee. Someone's going to manage the money. Somebody's going to take care of this child financially. And we don't always recommend that it's the guardian is also the trustee. Sometimes we prefer to see one guardian being a person or a couple and the trustee being someone totally different, whether it's a corporate trustee and a family member or a trustee that's a family member only that's working and and providing. We just want you to think through the process and get professional help. Scott and and Latrice, give them a call. They they guide you through this, and they take it slow. They don't get ahead of themselves. They don't guide in some direct way to point you to something. They listen to you to guide you through that process. When we come back, we're going to find about what it means to establish a special needs trust. That's protecting the child and getting some benefits. So don't forget to do that. We'll talk more about that. You're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. And my guest, Latrice McLean, Scott Jordan, we're talking about special needs children and what you should be doing. This is Talk Money. sure to like us on Facebook to search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs, it's what we do. You're listening to Talk Money. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now, here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, if you just tuned in, my guest is Latrice McLean and Scott Jordan. We are talking about the needs of special needs children. One of our questions that came in was really just how do what are the things I've been that I need to do if I have a special needs child? And I think that was a question that I, I said heart of a lot of people. You may know someone or you may be those special parents that have been selected by the Lord to literally take care of that child. So what do you do? We've gone through a couple of those things, whether it's set up a guardian, making sure you've named your guardians, you're working them through the process knowing how they need to respond to this special needs child, setting up a trust, making sure that maybe sometimes it's two different people or whatever you're thinking about doing, and then writing a letter of intent. Scott, you talked about that being so important, making sure that it's not a legal document, but it's everything that you could possibly write down to make sure you're communicating to that caregiver who's going to take the place. Latrice, you said in case there were uh, you know, a common disaster, a death of both of these parents, Mm-hmm. that they know what's going on from that standpoint. A special needs trust. There's a lot of talk about that. Scott, why is that important? Well, that's extremely important because a lot of times children with special needs qualify for government benefits. But in order to qualify for those government benefits, they can't own any assets. Now, that amount's different in different states, but most of the time it's around $2,000. So they don't need to have assets in their name more than $2,000 or they don't qualify for the government benefits. So establishing establishing a special needs trust 
allows you to leave assets to care for a special needs child, but doesn't disqualify for them, them from those government benefits. That's so extremely there important. are beneficiaries of that special needs Absolutely. trust, but they're not owners. Absolutely. So it allows you to leave money, life insurance, property, money that will take care of that kid in the event that your premature death and yet they can still qualify for their government benefits. That's I know. important. Back Mac Bailey, who is one of our sponsors of the program, he does special needs trust. And I, you know, just encourage you, if that's not something you've done, they're not cheap. We need to make sure we explain, explain to everybody. There's they're a not cost. cheap, but there's a cost. But they are so important because the benefit is you do continue to get those government support that, that are, whether it's just for education. You know, that you're going to continue to working through that. Or even when the child now is an adult. Right. And uh, we have a client that has a child that's becoming, is now an adult. Mm-hmm. And that's a special needs child. And, it's, and the child is, we were providing some specific things for that ch- child as, as an adult. Because they still have needs. Yeah, still need that care. Need the care. And it's going to cost money and they need to have a way to pay for all that. Latrice, as a coach. And, you know, as someone who has been with, you know, teaching people, guiding people, you speaking and all the things. Again, I remind anybody, would you like to have the tree speak to your organization? Give her a call at 757-5757. But, Latrice, I wanted to ask you, how do you go about educating family members? Well, it's it's very important, first of all, that you do not leave anything in that child's name. So to piggyback on what Scott said, it's important to establish that special needs trust. With that special needs trust, you can name your trustee, and we spoke about that earlier, and that trustee is going to be able to uh, help uh, make decisions and and um, uh, with the financial future for that child. So it's got to be somebody that you trust and that you put a lot of thought into to pick that person. So when you're going through that process, you're educating each person, whether it's mm-hmm. uncles and aunts and grandparents and next door neighbors, anybody that's going to yes. assist you, what you're doing. And you're just going through the process of not mm-hmm. leaving anything unturned. I mean, you know, no. going through it, making sure they're clear. Mm-hmm. And, and yes. you're the parent. You've all of a sudden, you're way ahead of this. Oh, but yeah. you may have some aunts and uncles that are oh. still struggling. And it could be a well-intended relative wanting to mm-hmm. leave something to behind to take care of the child and inadvertently leave it to the child's name, yeah. and that could disqualify them from government benefits and even cause them to have to pay some back, back. that they've yeah. already received. So. so so don't just say, well, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. They made a mistake because no one educated them exactly. on what they should or should not do. Mm-hmm. Building your savings, that's so important, making sure you've got caregiving. So, guys, help me with that. Scott, what's the big deal? Well, you know, there's going to be cost involved, so it's important to sit down and really plan out your budget, look at income, balance sheet, all that, all the things we normally do to help people get organized and make plans for the expense of caring for that special needs child. Do and, you Do you have to, I mean, what are you missing here? What's the last little part of this that sometimes we just literally forget and at the end of the day, you got to do this. You got to build the savings. You know, is there is there something there that we need to make sure we've talked about? Write a will. Why? Oh, that's a good point. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah, guess yeah. we kind of went through that real yeah. quick, but but that's important. Yeah, the statistics say that sixty four percent of of Americans do not have a will. Now, with a special needs child, that becomes even more critical. It's important for everyone, but it's more critical with a special needs child. That's how you name that guardian and let the courts know what your wishes are. Well, we we talk about that. We're trying to tell people to, you know, get involved, make sure you're doing it. 
Don't just pass it around. Guys, I so much appreciate you because I know this question came in and we just needed to address it today. We appreciate people sending us. If you got a question for us, just simply go to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. Talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. Uh, you know, it's always something we've got to do, always something we've got to say. And I appreciate everybody listening today, being a part of today's program. Thank you, Latrice, for being with us. We appreciate you very much. Scott, same thing. Thank you very much. Guys, uh, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you always being a part of the program and sending us your questions. They're always important. Talk money at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll get your question and try our best to get an answer for you. Today, my producer and board operator, as always, Mr. Gil Worth. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moscovich. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier. And it's written by Drew Johnson. I'm Jim Shoemaker, your host. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week helping you make the most of your money. Latrice McLenn is a registered representative. Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Secure and Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.